Hi folks, Dave here. Unfortunately, the planned interview with John Akers didn't uh, record properly. Technical difficulties, all entirely my end. Uh, yeah, the, this is not the setup of a professional podcast, as you guys will no doubt be aware. So unfortunately, uh, there'll be no John, in- John Akers interview chat at the end. Uh, so uh, massive apologies for that. Uh, one day I'll be able to get professional stuff but not today uh, we hope to have john back on the podcast soon so yeah you're stuck with me and tom thrower for this episode hope you enjoy it anyway go on stoke hello and welcome to the wizards of drivel podcast my name is david cowlishaw and i'm joined by tom thrower good morning morning tom middlesbrough one stoke nil you watched the whole thing uh stoke stoke aside from the goal Oh, I good. Didn't see the goal. I started from like three minutes in, so that was fun. So you got about. So I saw a really good nil-nil draw actually for Stoke. Yeah. <laughs> Another bloody nil-nil draw. What are we like? Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, Middlesbrough playoff chase in Middlesbrough beat us. I think we're pretty well cemented in sixteenth now. I, it's going to be hard to see us uh, getting much beyond that, especially with our remaining fixtures. Um, I mean, like uh, the question I posed on the three-word reviews was like, "Do we care? Are we are we bothered? And why aren't we bothered? If if we're not, I think we shouldn't be bothered. I think it's probably a good position as a fan base to just just don't care anymore. Just sort of put your feet up. Because, like I said against Rotherham, where I got quite irate, the the Middlesbrough included the five last games we've had. We're, we're playing teams who are playing for things. We've got. Uh, Norwich on Monday who might go up if results go the right way for them at our place Millwall who are fighting to just keep their heads above water and then Sheffield United on the last day so we we, we might lose all these games but that's okay as long as we do things like put in the performance we did against Borough which I think again is a promising one of our better performances where it looks like things are coming together. It looks like key players are putting their heads up and saying, I'll be your man next season, specifically Tom Edwards, because, my God, he is just... How the hell he wasn't starting every week under um, Gary Rower, I I have no idea. He's just absolutely quality. I'm in love with that footballer. Interesting you say you were pleased with uh, our performance there, because... That's not the reaction I've seen from a lot of fans. Uh, again, you know, it's it's difficult against a Pulis side, albeit one with injuries, but still a lot of negative comments on our sort of lack of creating chances or lack of finishing chances, just that our general approach play seems to be getting some stick as well. I think a lot of people came away saying, oh, Nathan Collins was the only positive for me. So how would you kind of counter that? I think I think if there's one element of the game that you really can criticise, it has to be the finishing. Um, I think, according to um, StatZone, who I think have their stats provided by Opta, we missed three big chances, which, if you keep missing big chances every match, um, you aren't going to win. And, and I do feel sorry for Benicophobia at times. I do also want to strangle him at times. Um but I don't know. I think it's it's you're playing against a Tony Pulis Middlesbrough who are fighting for the playoffs, 
and they score in the first minute through just sort of a, a lapse of concentration kind of goal. And that's almost the perfect Tony Pulis performance. I think from that point onwards, Middlesbrough, who let's remember are 10 places above us in the league now, um, didn't create a thing and were just defending against Stoke. And I thought actually Stoke did a decent job of um, of creating chances. If I just whack up the XGs, I think it was one of our better games, um, XG-wise, production-wise, under, under Jones. Um is it is it harsh of me to say I'm not convinced by Sam Vokes really yet? See, I, I felt that, again he was one of the worst players, so I, I, I sort of have to agree with you. And less less in a sense of him as a striker scoring goals. I think actually what we've seen of him when he's presented with a good chance, he will put it away more than any of our other strikers. But I really felt his his the rest of his game was lacking. I felt oddly enough, Benikafobi seemed to become the target man, which. I swear it isn't supposed to be the relationship. I swear it's supposed to be folks dropping off and getting back. But I don't know if these are all teething problems. Uh, I think James has made reference to it with folks that he wasn't playing regularly under Burnley. I don't know. I just feel like I'm not that invested. I'm invested in being positive about the side because I'm tired of being negative. And being negative, I think I'll just always counter that with, oh, well, give them a full pre-season and see what happens. Yeah, um, before you get your XG stats up, I think what you mentioned there about the this kind of choosing to be positive is quite important because I think a lot of fans now, perfectly legitimately, are choosing to be negative uh, because we have been shite for three years and there's the, there's no kind of getting around that. And whilst it's all fine for, for me and you to sit here and say, oh, well, things will be better next season because of our faith in Nathan Jones, people, people are understandably a bit cynical and sceptical about that because was we, we had faith in Gary Rowett and look how that turned out. Some some even had faith in Paul Lambert, you know. Um, but this this stat from Octa Joe: since Nathan Jones' first game in charge of Stoke on January the twelfth, the club have scored the fewest goals, attempted the fewest shots, and attempted the fewest shots on target in the Championship. Now, that's understandable, given you know this is not his team, and we've we've said throughout this is not his team. This is not the way he wants to be playing, but still is nonetheless concerning given the investment in the squad, albeit most of that investment was from Rowett. But you can see how people are... I, I, I don't understand the people who have turned against Jones, but I understand the people who are like, what's everyone you know falling in love with this guy for? I, I think one of the things that a lot of um, journalists and people and sort of stats people in the game and stuff look at... Um, when a new manager comes in, is they they can fix the defence quite easily. They sort of work on team shape, and that's something you can ingrain into players quite quickly. So I'm not necessarily surprised that we're low in shooting because, as far as I'm aware, under Rowett, there was very little sort of tactical plan other than give it to Incy and hope he creates something, or maybe McLean might have a good game and run at people and scare them. I don't know. So there's no like attacking thing to fall back on and. I have faith in the fact that Jones at Luton created the most free-scoring, free-flowing attacking side outside of the outside of the uh, Premier League. So we might not be able to recreate that at Stoke uh, to that extent, but I'd suggest that the 
the really low scoring, low shooting, low shots on target figures that we've got at the minute have something more to do with our squad than they do to do with Jones. Yeah, and, and I'd probably uh, agree with that as well. But uh, it, it's it's concerning maybe to just see him persist with the same players because everyone raved about Verlinden's debut and then we don't see him again. We see Bojan for a couple of games and then we don't see him. So I think people are maybe getting a bit antsy about that because and I totally get that because I listened on the radio yesterday and all I hear was oh McLean drives forward now attempts a cross oh and it and it cross doesn't find his man and we had McLean and Klukas as the wingers against Rotherham and um, Ince hasn't been playing to be fair but Ince can be very flaky as we know so there's not a lot of creativity and just general anything from the wings really of late so that's kind of feeding into it and people are going like well McLean Klukas what's the point why why not go for Verlinden why not play Jarvis or Bojan again um so I think people are kind of worried he's just picking he's doing Gary Rowett stuff his subs are a bit strange sometimes his squad his squad selection's a bit weird he's picking players who the fans don't like, Klukas being the prime example. So where where's the kind of proper experimentation, just to play devil's advocate? I don't think I have a response to that. I think I'm I'm doing, back to the being positive, I'm choosing to be positive. I'm equally frustrated at the fact that Sam Klukas has had, has after doing one of the stupidest things I've seen a Stoke player do to get sent off. Um, has come straight back into the team, not put in one good performance and seems to have a secure place in the side. I don't know if it's because these are the players who Jones is trying to work out whether or not they're going to be in the squad going forward and the, the young players we're clamouring for are the uh, ones he doesn't have to test because he knows that they'll be there. Like He knows he'll try and use them next season, whereas... like. Klukas and McLean, he's trying to work out whether he needs to replace them, whether they can fit in. I, I don't know, to be honest. Yeah. I would much rather see them. Yeah, Klukas is not on because, yeah, like you say, he still does keep getting picked. So you wonder, is he a really good trainer? Is he uh, some something about him that managers seem to like, despite not a lot of evidence in his favour? He's he boxed up with a couple of goals, I suppose. Um, I, I don't understand how he is... And ever present whenever he's available for selection, whereas Ryan Woods is completely being bombed out. And again, there must be something that Nathan Jones doesn't like about Ryan Woods because for him to have had so little pitch time is quite astonishing, really. And I, I, I know Ryan Woods has divided the fan base, but he is one of few players to have least had a good run of form this season. If that, if in a very limited Gary Rowett team where being able to pass 10 yards turned you into Perlo. But uh, it's it's still uh, some so, some things are just frustrating me. Like, why are we seeing so much of that player and so little of this player? Um, but speaking of uh, involvement, uh, Nathan Collins' first start for Stoke yesterday, by all means, did very, very well. 17 years old and you're against... Britta Sombolonga, one of the... He's he's kind of synonymous with scoring the goals in the championship for me, Sombolonga. He's one of these players who've uh, never 
been in the Premier League or never quite done it in the Premier League. But it's just like, oh, Brett Sonbelong, he scores every week in the Championship, practically. Um, and after the second minute, which was a mistake from Bart, I think, uh, Nathan Collins, he's, it's like, oh, are, we, are we all of a sudden... How are we all of a sudden producing these players? Maybe we were always producing these players, and now Jones is actually giving them a go. Uh, what's what's happening with the sort of academy involvement in it, and and how encouraged are you? Yeah, I, I think it is a f- more a fact of that these players have always been there. We've just sort of been lacking um, a manager who'll be willing to give them time. I mean, under Rowett, academy products plays six hundred and ninety-five minutes, which accounted for. 3% of minutes played under him um, and that almost all came through Tom Edwards whereas under Jones we've already seen academy products play 1,646 minutes which accounts for about 10% so there's a clear shift there and I, and I do think it's amazing to see we've seen Collins at 17 looking like a certain 18 uh, year old defender we had in our promotion season who's gone on to do all right at the club, I'd say. He just looked composed, um, more willing than any other than Williams and Bart, who are two massively experienced centre-halves, to, to take the ball and to push forward and to sort of free up that room for Edwards to get further forward. And that side, that side with Etebo with him in as well, really saw... Um, Sort of saw the best play in the first half, and and again, Edwards has grown into one of the best players in the team, and I do think it's this bravery that Jones wants, and I do think young players are a bit more natural to be a bit braver, maybe a bit cocksure, thinking uh, haven't seen the things that that scare you into being a more negative footballer. So, yeah, it's great, and, and when you think we've got Campbell and Suter both away as well, who are um, doing bits. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And while when they were at the club, were probably not more highly rated than Collins, but were certainly a lot, a lot closer to the first team. I mean, I feel sorry for Benikafobi, but I'm a bit, I'm a bit relieved by the fact that Campbell has gone to Shrewsbury and is keeping their top scorer out of the team. And it's not like it's a massive drop down. We've seen Shrewsbury this season; they haven't beaten us, and they haven't lost to us, and we played them twice. It's hmm. Yeah, I, I just think there's really good things happening in, with the youth team. Yeah, seven goals for him out on loan at Shrewsbury. Has, have any of our players scored seven goals? I feel like it's pretty close. It's not much more than seven for our top scorer this season. Anyway, uh, you, you had some XG stats that I think I, uh, I maybe ran over you with. Um, no, I, I think I, I was I was just checking and I, and I was right. Um, we had, that was... On the XG, that was like our fourth best attacking XG score in the Middlesbrough game. So it was more a matter of missing chances rather than not creating them. That was all I wanted to say. Yeah, uh, but yeah, and I'm, I'm I'm sorry to keep harping on, but Vokesenophobia as a two could it could it work? I'm not sure it could. Certainly not with the the service they're getting so far. I, I think you need a number ten or proper wingers at the moment we we have neither so it, it's just it's it's so disjointed um Bojan, Bojan dropped uh I'm not I'm not reading a whole lot into that I think away to a Tony Pulis side it's perhaps understandable it's less understandable not to bring him on 
uh, when 1-0 down and needing a goal. But, uh, well, uh, well, we'll just have to kind of see what happens uh, with those positions, really, because I, I think I'd just be very, very underwhelmed if we started with McLean and Klukas as wingers next season. Or the or the three five two, or whatever it was today. Um, yeah, lot lot of lot of weird experimentation, but uh, holding out hope for the summer. Question from Joe on Twitter. Uh, thoughts on Charlie Adam, lads. Jones seemed to like him at first, and many of us thought he could get a new deal under Jones. Seems he's been bombed out of the eleven since then. Does he have any future here? Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Tom. I think Charlie Adam is one of three players whose contract expires uh, this summer. I think it's him, Fletcher, and someone else. Chief, uh, uh, I know. feels another season. I'm wrong. Um, yeah, Adam does not have a future at this football club. Um, maybe Five Live will pick him up. Tonight. Yeah, it, it's it, people may think that a slightly strange given um, sort of the Leeds game. Has the Leeds game maybe just uh, completely warped a lot of our minds? Because uh, Charlie Adam had a very good game then. Uh, but was that kind of just the, the special circumstances of the game where we Jones just threw a tactical curveball that even he wasn't too sure about and it managed to give Charlie Adam time and space but since since then we've not really seen him yeah I think it I think it's that I think the Leeds game was almost the perfect storm for Adam to have a good game uh, playing against a side who basically don't play with full backs they play with wingers who sort of fill in and just leave massive spaces in the channels and then you had a Phoebe and Campbell who were both working their asses off to show to their new boss look this is what I can do um, and I think Jones has seen Adam's true colours. I don't think there's been a shift in Charlie Adam as a footballer. I still think he's selfish. I still think he's not what we need. I still don't think he plays for the team. Um, And, yeah, to be honest, I always believed him to be more of a problem than a potential solution. So I'm not fussed remotely that Jones has changed his mind on Adam's role in the team. Mm. Uh, Nathan Jones... Uh, did you see the press conference before the Middlesbrough game? It was a it was a properly fascinating one. He, it seemed like because press conferences are so staid and you can kind of predict what every manager is going to say. You can predict what the questions are going to be. But he had a little um, he had a little tete a tete with David Lee, who's been on this podcast before, um, asking about kind of. I think David Lee's question was something to the effect, and sorry if I've got this wrong, David. It's something to the effect of. We look like a team that will just scrape a 1-0. We don't look like a team that's going to score many goals. And, you know, recent statistics would you know, back, back that up. Um, quote from Nathan Jones, I'm not Merlin, I'm not Harry Potter, that I can come in and wave my magic wand. Someone's clearly uh, angling for an appearance on the Wizards of Dribble podcast. He's dropping these massive hints. Uh, what we are doing here is changing processes. We are having to change an environment, having to change a perception. And he, he sort of went on to say about how things like missing penalties, that was a massive problem before him, and it's a problem that's continued. And not everything that's go- going wrong for Stoke is something that he's he's facilitated. So he's he's trying to solve these problems, but trying to solve them in a long-term way. Um, but what I think is quite 
interesting from the press conference is what's the question beyond that? Everyone accepts like Jones needs to change the culture, the processes, and all this stuff. And I think most kind of sensible fans are saying like, yeah, okay, we'll give him time to do that. Uh, he's got my support on that. But I'm interested in kind of detail. What are the processes that need changing? When he when he says processes, what does that actually mean? I don't know if you've got any ideas on this, or is it is it something sort of internal in the club that we're not really privy to that he'll be changing? Yeah, I suspect it's it's everything really. It's how we train. It's what we train on. It's sort of. I don't really know much, enough about coaching to, to, to delve into it, but you've, we can see clear examples in the Championship in the rest of the world. You've got Farker at Norwich, who's had whose first season at Norwich came. He started joined about the same time. Jones joined Stoke and had a meh season. And then uh, with that pre-season and with that foundation, look at what Norwich have become this season. Klopp, Guardiola, Pochettino, things never start excellently for these but but when he gets when they get a squad who buy into their ideals who buy into what um is going on and that has to be through both recruitment and sort of players who are currently there sorting themselves out and pulling themselves together and i, I feel i'm sort of just parroting what jones has already said so i don't know what's going to change but i'm certain that things will and a lot of it will come in pre-season more than more so that we can do at any other time um, comment from Jason in our Facebook group, uh, Wizards of Drivel Stoke chat. Uh, Jason says, given we're playing two of the top three, it'll likely tell us nothing. Would expect the current performances to continue until the summer. I'd want to see some risks in the final games regardless. Collins keeping his place, Bojan and Valinden involved, perhaps a place for Woods too. Um, and his final comment relates to kind of the, the final thing I want to talk about is Bruno Martins Indies. Uh, quotes during the week in which he be, in which the, the I think people have fallen for the headline here Tom um, the the headline was something like Bruno Martins Indy talks about wanting to leave Stoke to play in the Premier League but the actual quote was to the effect of uh, I want to get back to the Premier League as soon as possible preferably with Stoke but if that doesn't happen soon I need to look at my options uh, Jason says, people have definitely re- overreacted on Bruno quotes. He's not had his best season, but he's been solid when needed. There's almost a hard-wired reaction to be like, oh, you don't want to be here? Well, fuck off then. Followed by a complete rewriting of a player's history to make it look like they're doing us a favour by leaving. Also, my final regular hot take is that Klukas isn't as bad as the abuse he gets suggests. Um, yeah, this, this Bruno thing, it seemed to... I was very surprised with the reaction to it, I've got to say. What did you make of it? Uh, yeah, I think that comment about this this hard-wiring attitude to any player who suggests that maybe they might not be at Stoke come the next season and then a immediate rewriting is something we've seen. I mean, it bloody happened with Jack Butland for most of the, the first half of the season where you've had people suggesting he wasn't the best goalkeeper in this division, suggesting he was barely good enough to play in this division. And I mean, look where he is now. I think he's got the second most clean sheets of any goalkeeper in the division. And I don't get it, really. Uh, I, I don't get this. Because surely this is the attitude we want. Like you said, it's people falling for the headline rather than things. Surely what Bruno said of, 
I want to be in the Premier League. Yes, I want that to be with Stoke, but if Stoke can't provide me with that, then I will have to move on. Surely we want players who are not necessarily thinking I should be in the Premier League, but thinking that's where I'm. That's where my career goal has always been. It's always been to play at the top level. So I'm going to do my damnedest. And and it's not like Bruno's going to come in, like say he stays in the summer and we do okay-ish. He plays well, and then by January it's looking we're unlikely to to get there. He's not just going to give up. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that I'm going to play as hard as I can to show that I'm good enough. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I just feel everyone gets a bit worked up about these things at the minute. Yeah, I almost feel like um, it's that it's that determination to be negative thing again. I think this has been a problem for a while, and I, I say this again with the caveat that yes, it is perfectly understandable given given what's happened to the club. I think I saw you after our first home game of the season, Tom, against Brentford. Uh, it was a one-all draw. A they'd scored that tapping off a mistake and. I think there were boos at full time, and I saw you outside the ground, and you said, "Why is everyone booing that?" I mean, like, calm down. Uh, it's a one-all draw against Brentford. It's not the end of the world. And obviously, since then, we've had Gary Rowett turning out not to be very good after spending a lot of money, and we've had kind of um, not not very good results at all under Nathan Jones. Um, but I think people are. They're a bit sort of panicky. They're a bit sort of uh, everything's glass half empty. Like it, it, it manifests itself in the atmosphere in the games. As much as people have all talked about these last few games are just experimenting with players. It's just it doesn't matter. We're not going up, not going down. Nathan Jones needs to assess these players. Nathan Jones needs time. Nathan Jones needs time. Nathan Jones needs time. The minute the game kicks off, everyone's down their down their throats and on their backs, if that's possible. But it and this this is like players like players like Bojan as well will will always court this kind of um, a sort of passive aggression from the fan base. I, I talked about last week how Bojan, oh, he's one of those. He's in and out of the team, and some people love him for what he's done for us. Some people uh, kind of much more cynical about him because I think a lot of people just don't like the fact that other people like him. But for for whatever reason, other fans don't like Bojan. And so in the ground, you get a situation we had against Rotherham where he gets the ball in the first minute and people be like, ah, oh, bloody hell, Bojan, when he plays a backwards pass to keep possession of the ball. And I, I don't want this to turn into an overall... I, oh, aren't fans entitled idiots rant? Because I don't think that's true. I think the frustration comes from a real and genuine place. But I think in so many cases, as with these Martins Indy quotes, it's completely misdirected. I think there's a lot of players uh, that we've seen this season who are trying. They are actually trying. It's just they're either limited by their own ability or by the tactics and decisions of the manager. I think... Uh, McLean is a prime example. Uh, I I don't think he's a very good footballer because he plays for a mid-table championship club. We 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 need to get used to the fact that we're attracting a lesser quality of player. I think people expect a lot of Tom Ince all the time. I I, I might have done it this episode saying, "Oh, I'm not sure about Vokes yet," uh, which is harsh given that he's barely played and 
sort of been injured as well. And and the only players who kind of properly escape criticism from the fan base have been Allen to an extent, even Joe Allen getting a bit more criticism this season, and the youth players. No what no one has been safe this season. You talk about the players who've been genuinely good for us, Butland, uh, Shawcross, Atabo, uh, Martin Zindi. They've they've all got powers this season. Um so I th- I think people approach Stoke now, fans approach anything that happens with the club uh, with a sense of worst case scenario. A player talks about an ambition of wanting to play in the Premier League. A question that he's asked, by the way, he's not facilitated this, he's not putting this out himself. He's asked a question about wanting to play in the Premier League and all of a sudden it's, oh, fuck off if you don't want to play for us. Or if someone misplaces the passes, oh, fuck off, you're not fit to wear the shirt, start fucking trying. No, so a player made a mistake. This will happen. Um, Nathan Jones makes a sub you don't like. It's like, oh, he's out of his depth. He's out of his depth. What is going on? Uh, I can't believe we appointed this Sunday league manager to managers. And it's it's just like, can we like calm the fuck down? <laughs> I think that's I, the uh, I think that's the ultimate message. Yeah, maybe I think it's. We've never recovered from being a club that focused sort of game to game um, under Pulis, under Hughes. It was, right, We this game is all that matters, this game is all that matters. And increasingly now we're seeing clubs shift towards sort of big ideas and that's definitely what Jones is doing. He's definitely trying to change us as a club. And I don't know, maybe this sort of panic comes from that because we never assess things over... And I'd say all football fans are sort of guilty of it. I'd say everyone's guilty of it in everyday life. You'd, it's really hard to enjoy the ride, as as Jones keeps saying when he keeps quoting Miley Cyrus, enjoy the climb. Um, and, and I saw um, an interview Sky Sports did with Victor Ortiz. I might have got that wrong. Victor Ortiz, I don't know. Leeds is director of football. And he was basically saying like, Look at all these players who I've signed. Not who I've signed, not in an arrogant way like that. Look at all the players we've brought in who hadn't, weren't doing it, but we thought they were good players and the fans got on their backs and didn't think they were good enough because they didn't do it. But now look at them under, under Bielsa. Look at what they can achieve now. Look at, the, look at who they've grown into. Yeah, it's... It, it, sorry, it, uh, just on Bielsa. It's, it's mad. I think a lot of outsiders, people who don't follow the championship... Think of Leeds as, as a team who've maybe spent a load of money because they've got the one of the best managers in the world. But it's absolutely mad what he's done there. Like Kemar Roof looks like what one of the world's best finishers. Like you've got guys like Hernandez, uh, who like seemed so flaky before, just turn into an absolute will beater. So much credit needs to go to Leeds for that because it's remarkable. Sorry. Yeah, and, and and basically the point he was making, he wasn't sort of looking for credit. He was more just being like, I'm glad we've got to where we were because whilst those players were being brought in who he thought would do it and then they weren't delivering to what he thought they could, he was sort of really struggling. He was struggling in his personal life. He was struggling with his family life. It, it affected everything. And I think he was more just sort of saying his reflection on the whole thing was he wished he'd enjoyed getting to this stage more he wished he'd enjoyed 
seeing these players grow more rather than once Bielsa came in and sorted them out, carrying on those worries. So maybe we just need to, uh, uh, and far be it from me to blow my own trumpet, it's very out of character. Everyone just needs to chill out and be a bit more happy about it. So what I said after the Rotherham match, I went and watched it with my cousin and we both just went to have a nice day. Yeah, it's frustrating we lost a 2-0 win, but, but who cares? Like, don't let that, don't let that get you down. I know, and it's great that we have a fan base who still care after the shit we've had for so long and still a bad result affects their weekend. And I'd say I, I, I will be straight back to that position at the start of next season. But just try and enjoy the ride a bit more. Just mm. try and enjoy seeing us turn into a, the world's best football team. It's it's uh, the climb. It's, it's the climb from Game of Thrones. We, uh, at the moment, we're Jon Snow. Nathan Jones is Jon Snow. He, he's he's climbing that wall, and he's going to get stabbed by all of his all of his own men soon. <laughs> oh no, I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot about that bit. But he's he's climbing the wall, and it's like it's really difficult climbing this wall because it's like a hundred feet of ice. He needs to get up, but once we're there, it'll all be worth it. And in a few years' time, we'll be flying around on the back of dragons, like that scene from Aladdin, and it's going to be. It's going to be a bit weird, a, a bit cheesy, world. but it'll be worth it. Yeah, that, exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh, Tom, Valamogoulis. <laughs> Valadaharis. Thank you very much for listening. Go on, Stoke.